If you run a small business, your website copy plays a huge role in determining whether you're just scraping by or you're growing your leads and sales like nothing's going to stand in your way. Well, the Standout Website Copywriting Program is nearly ready to help teach you how to write words that sell. Over four weeks, you'll learn how to write your website pages one section at a time with words and a proven framework that will captivate your audience and persuade them to take action. If you want to improve your website copy so that you can grow your income and your impact, join the waitlist now by visiting simplystandoutmarketing.com backslash website copy course so that you don't miss out when we launch very soon. Now it's time for the latest episode of the podcast. Do you have to work harder and longer to be more profitable? The answer is a big fat no. In fact, working harder could be the thing that's holding your business back. So how do you build a profitable business without the burnout? Stay tuned and find out as I chat to the wonderful Suze Chadwick about her experience with burnout and what she's learned along the way that will help you. The Simply Standout Marketing Podcast is for you, the small business owner wanting to supercharge your marketing with simple, actionable strategies and inspiration so you can smash your goals and grow your business. Now it's your turn to discover what actions to take to make your business truly stand out and succeed. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Nikki O'Mara, your host. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. This episode is for all of you out there who are working your butts off to grow your business and are feeling exhausted, stressed, losing motivation and not enjoying your work like you once did. We want to help you get back on track. It's also for those starting out in a new business to help you understand that there are better ways to build an incredibly successful business. I'm so happy to welcome to the Simply Stand Up Marketing Podcast, Suze Chadwick, who is a bold business branding and speaker coach from Melbourne, Australia. Suze has over 10 years experience working as a brand consultant. She's the author of Play Big, Brand Bold, host of the popular Brand Builders Lab podcast and the creator of Brand Builders Academy. She works with savvy businesswomen to create confidently bold brands and profitable businesses without the burnout. Hello and welcome Suze. Hello Nikki, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's so fantastic. I have followed you um, for, it would be a couple of years probably, and I always, always loved your colour and bubble, bubbliness and, um, and of course, your work. Thank you. Now, look, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I call myself a bold business branding and speaker coach. Uh, and I mainly work with women in business uh, to really help them to be able to create the system structures and strategies to be able to scale their business. Uh, and now I'm also working with women to what I call revenue stacking, which we can talk about a little bit, but really about taking their personal brand and monetizing it, uh, including having, say, a group coaching program as well. So, that's basically what I do. And then I speak as well. So I've been a speaker for a really long time and we were just chatting before. I'm doing a lot of speaking at the moment, even virtually. So that's something that I really enjoy as well. But yeah, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because you've got a speaking program, don't you? Helping people actually become better speakers. 
Yeah, so I've got the Bold Speakers Collective as well, which is basically learning how to get paid as a speaker because I think a lot of people, uh, they you know, they speak for free and they don't really know how to monetize that and put the structure around it to get paid for it. So that's what I teach people how to do as well. I think that's fantastic. So because so many people have such incredible knowledge in their heads and and are great speakers, but as you say, it is very hard to know and to break into, you know, into that industry and go, okay, how much should I charge people? Am I getting ripped off? And it takes time and energy to speak. Yeah, I think you've just got to decide. I mean, for me, I've been a speaker since I was 16. I was on the school debate team uh, and then I spoke at university and I've spoken in my corporate jobs. And so I think if it's something that you really enjoy doing, then it's definitely worth pursuing. But I also, for me, it's commercially really worthwhile. So every time I speak at an event, then I'll get clients from it. So to me, uh, I think it's, you know, it's always worthwhile really. And, and the fact that I love it is just an exciting, you know, I guess byproduct. Absolutely. So I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to speak, and it's it's something you really need the um, the confidence to do. Now today we're actually talking about you know building a, a profitable business without getting burnt out. And I certainly know that uh, throughout my work history, I've certainly uh, suffered the effects of, of burnout. And so many other small business owners, you know, they're constantly struggling with that, you know, trying to be profitable, trying to do everything themselves, but then facing the consequence of actually burning out. Mm. How, how do you recognize burnout? And, you know, what do you see as being the effects I think when I see burnout, I kind of think that you're in overwhelm where you've probably got too much going on. But I also think that burnout can happen when I guess business owners aren't really clear on what is working and what's not, and they're trying to do all the things. So, you know, I've experienced that before as well, where I had lots of different products and services. I was working with a lot of different people. There was just a lot going on and I allowed that to accumulate over time. And by having a lot of things happening, I was just really stretched. And so I think for me, when I really look at burnout, I think it's feeling tired. It's feeling overwhelmed. It's feeling like, you know, you have to be and do everything that's going on in your business. And there's just a definite sense of exhaustion that happens as well. But I think the thing that I like to talk about is that a lot of times it's a choice. It's about getting really clear on what you need to do, how you outsource, how you work smarter, how you edit your business so that you're creating things that are really profitable and work for you, but it's not taking up all of your time. Like you've got the time to think and create and relax and things like that, as well as doing the work that you love. Yeah, and it's a very fine line, but you know, getting that balance between the two things and especially, you know, you have kids, I have kids and and we want our businesses to be so successful. And But I think trying to do everything really, really well, uh, it, it's such an easy trap to, um, to get caught in without a doubt. Um, now, you've personally experienced burnout. What did you do to get back on track and you know, realign your goals? 
Yeah, so uh, a few years ago, like I said, I had a lot of different things and they had just kind of built up in my business. I was I was working in a part-time corporate job where I was running a brand consulting business as well, just on the side, uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just a couple of days a week. And, and then I had a membership, I had courses, I was speaking, I had workshops, I was running conferences, breakfasts, like there was a lot going on. Wow. And for me, I... And it was just, I loved it all. Like I really enjoyed it. And I think that's the other hard thing is that sometimes when you're really enjoying what you're doing, then you don't really want to cut or cull things because you're like, but that's so much fun and it's so great. Uh, and so for me, what I did is I basically sat down and I looked at my whole business and I looked at uh, what was profitable and, you know, how much time things took as well. And I basically ended up you know, asking myself, okay, so if this is profitable, how much profit is it making in my business? Like what's the weight of it? Like, is it just 5% of my revenue? Is it 50% of my revenue? And do I really love doing it? And also, is it aligned with where I want my business to go? Like my big vision, my purpose, what I want my business to be doing, does this align with it? So those were kind of a couple of criteria that I really looked at when I kind of hit that that wall, uh, because I was trying to market everything. And then my customers would go into, you know, decision paralysis because there were so many things. They're like, well, I want to work with you. Do I coach with you? Do I join a course? Do I come to a workshop? Do I join the membership? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you want to do? Which is not (laughs) a very good thing. (laughs) Not a very good thing to do. And so, um, and so when I really kind of took a step back and looked at it all, I just made the decision that I really wanted to grow Brand Builders Academy, which is my signature course. And I really wanted to speak a lot more. And then at the time I was doing one-on-one coaching as well. And so I basically took like eight or 10 different things that I had and I culled it down to three things. And what that really allowed me to do was build my brand around those things and spend more time, more energy, more money investing in the growth of those three things. And basically, I 10x'd my profit within two to three months because what I didn't realize is that when I had a lot of things, it was actually costing me a lot of money to run everything And it was costing me a lot of time and energy as well. And so when I kind of got rid of everything and just focused on that, I, people would just be like, okay, great. I'm going to join the course or I'm going to coach with you. Like those were their two options. And so it made it really simple for them to decide what to do. So I just had so many more clients jumping in because there wasn't that kind of indecision of what should they be doing. Um, and I just found I had a lot more time. I was doing work that I loved. There was a lot more ease in my business. And along with that, the burnout was no longer a thing. Yeah. Isn't that, it's incredible when you actually you know, bring things in and go and, and make things, you know, have those select specialist um offerings. Plus also I found, because I went through something quite similar when I just went, okay, I don't want to be all things to all people. I don't want to, uh, it's too hard and I'm not doing anyone 
um, you know, giving anyone the best service if I'm trying to do everything. So I have loved, it's been so much better for me um, and for my business to actually niche down and go, this is what I specialize in. This is what I do. Um, as well as looking at, and I find for a lot of businesses, and you would find the same thing, talking to people and going, who do you serve? Who is your audience? And they go, oh, everyone. You go, no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's, um, that, that's a good thing. Now, what do you see as, you know, some of the biggest things that businesses should focus on so that they can become more intentional with their time while still being able to have, you know, a really big impact? Yeah, I mean, I do think I'm a big one around the editing. Like even now, even after doing that big cull, I'm still like, you know, what what am I spending my time on? Like what is it that I'm actually doing and how is that helping my business grow? How is that helping me to attract, impact, work with more clients? And I think just constantly being in the mindset of streamlining and up-leveling, those are two things that I think work hand-in-hand really, really well is how can I make this simpler and better and what do I need to do to go from where I am now to where I want to be? And I think that if you can ask yourself those two questions on a really regular basis, then I think that that's a really important thing that can help you to move a lot faster when it comes to really identifying what's working and what's not working in your business. And so, you know, I kind of talk about that at the beginning of every year, I take two to three days off and I basically do a full overview and analysis of my business. How much did we earn? Where, you know, where did we make our money? What were the clients that we were working with? What did we love? What did I not love? Uh, you know, where's the team at? Uh, do I need more people? Uh, those sorts of things. And just making sure that the business is really heading in the direction. I actually literally wrote an Instagram post on this today as well is just really asking yourself, where do I want my business to be in 12 months time? And then starting to put those actions in place now so that when you get to the 12 month point, your business is doing what you want it to do and it's where you want it to be. And I think a lot of times people, they either wait too long, they don't make the time to assess where their business is. Like if I was to ask, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with, you know, what was your revenue in the last 12 months? What, you know, how much, what's your operating expenses? What's your profit? Uh, you know, how much, like if you looked at all the products and services in your business, what percentage of, you know, revenue do you attribute to that particular product? Those sorts of things. I think just really understanding your business from the inside out, I think is really important. And then also taking a look at, okay, if I've got this thing, uh, and I want to grow it. And this is like, you know, one of the key things in my business, like for me, Brand Builders Academy, even now I'm like, okay, so we're in a live round as we're speaking at the moment. And then I've already scheduled that for November, we'll do like a full update of that program uh, with new videos. And I'm getting a designer to revamp everything. Like what does the next level look like? And I think if you're always in the mode of making things better, not just for the sake of it, not just to, you know, mm. just to do it, but you you can see that actually you want to take it to the next level and this is how you're going to do it, then I think that it's just being in that mind frame a lot of the time. How do we do things better? 
Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's the wonderful thing about being able to actually grow any business is step by step making everything better. Uh, and you did talk a lot about mindset and um, which I find is something that affects most people um, and, and certainly has for me in terms of growing your business. What is you know the most powerful tool to you know shift the thought patterns that are creating you know holding businesses back and and creating burnout for for business owners yeah i think uh and this is not my concept i got this i i want to say from brooke castillo who uh is she's got the school of life coaching and it's called breakthrough cycles and basically what it is is that i think that a lot of times business owners sit in procrastination and indecision and that indecision is taking up mental energy, physical energy, time, money. And so when we look at breakthrough cycles, it's really about assessing what's happening now, making a decision about what needs to happen next, implementing that decision and then assessing again. And you basically go through that cycle. So for example, I want to update BBA. So, okay, so let's make a decision. When are you going to do that? I'll do it in November. What do you want to update? I want to update the videos and the worksheets. Who do you need in order to do that? I need these people. Okay, let's book it in. Let's get it moving and let's get it off the mental roller decks. Let's project plan it so that it's happening. And then let's move on to the next thing. What else do we need to make a decision on at the moment? Yeah, so it's constantly the more breakthrough cycles that you can go through in your business, the faster you'll gain momentum, the quicker you'll start to see things move and shift because you're not sitting in there going, oh, I just don't know what I really want to do. Like, oh, I might want to do that, but maybe this would be better. Let me think about it for the next five months. And so I think that, I think that when you can really start to get into that mind frame of the more decisions you make and not expecting everything to be perfect. Like you'll make a decision, some Mm. things will work, some things won't, and not constantly having that expectation that everything's going to work the way that you think it's going to work. But just really realizing that any kind of anything that doesn't work is just an opportunity to understand why it didn't work. And it's not a reflection on you, who you are, your worth in the world and all the rest of it. It's just we need to try a different tactic or we need to take a look at how we do that better. And I think that when you can get into that mind frame and that mindset that your business is not you, even though I'm a personal brand, my business has products and services. As a business owner and as a coach, I need to ensure that those products and services are the best that I can make them. But I'll make mistakes along the way and as I make those mistakes, I'll learn from them and I'll improve and I'll get better at what I do. But it's not going to stop me from making those decisions so that I can implement, assess, decide again. So I think that that when it comes to mindset, the faster as a business owner, I think that you can get to that place of understanding, the the better you'll be and, and the more success you'll have. Yeah. And, and look, procrastination is definitely something that holds so many of us back because instead of taking action, you know, you think and you think about it and go, okay, can I make this right? How can I make it better? What will people say about it if I don't get it right and I stuff it up? Um, So I actually think that's a really uh, a good way of doing it. I hadn't actually heard of, what was the lady's name? 
Uh, so Brooke Castillo, she's got the school. It's like the life coaching school or the school of life coaching. I can never remember. Um, but she's really great. She's got some really, she's, yeah, she's got some really great ways of managing your mind and, and how you kind of get out of your own way, which I really like as well. But I just sort of think that you've, you know, even when you were saying like, I know I procrastinate every now and again, but I think it's about the awareness of it. It's like, why am I procrastinating? It's because I don't want to make a decision. Well, why don't you want to make a decision? I don't have the energy at the moment. Okay, well, splash in the puddle for today, but tomorrow we're making the decision. And I think that if you can really manage your mindset and understand why you're in procrastination and actually dig into it, uh, then I think that that's important. And like you said, maybe you're procrastinating because you're worried about what people will think. Well, who who's the people and yeah. what are they thinking? Like why are you worried about that? Um, you know, and just being able to dig into what's going on will really help you move forward a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's incredible once you actually can – work through any mindset issues that you've got, how quickly you can get um, to where you want to go. And you look at those ones, I can't remember, someone said to me one day, you know, some people have all the knowledge, all the skills and everything else, but they're holding themselves back. Whereas you've got someone who might be 10 years younger, 20 years younger, have half the experience, but because they don't have the minds, you know, a different mindset and they're just going to go and take action and, you know, it might be messy yeah. action, they're the ones who actually get out there and it's like, oh, well, you're actually really, really true. So yeah, I, I did 100%. like that. Now, yeah. And I just think, I just on that final note, I just think that any kind of procrastination or perfectionism, I always say to my clients, it's just a form of self-sabotage. So I think that the sooner we can recognize that as well, I think that the sooner hopefully we can break through it. Yes, yeah. Oh, you're spot on there. So, And look, I know one big thing for for a lot of people that they use as uh, procrastination is what what we all call shiny object syndrome, and we find you know so many businesses and and individuals you know, they waste time and they waste resources and um, I think the biggest one which I didn't get hooked into was uh, Clubhouse. So many people got um, got. I was addicted for a while. <laughs> I think a lot I've of broken people... the addiction. Oh, that's good. You know. What are some of the shiny objects, you know, that you found people get caught up with, um, you know, your clients and, you know, what are some of the techniques for learning how to actually get past that shiny object syndrome, which really at the end of the day is just another form of procrastination? Yeah. I mean, I think that when it comes to shiny object syndrome, something that I learned a while ago when I did the big cull of my business is really focus in, make a decision on what your products and services are and really commit to those and go to town on shiny object syndrome when it comes to your marketing. So if you want to try different things, like have a solid marketing plan, but if you want to try new things like Clubhouse or you want to try, you know, YouTube ads or you want to try Reels or you want to like go for it. Yeah, try it, see if it works, but like assess it. So try new things, assess it, because I think when it comes to our marketing, it's actually really important for us to, uh, you know, try 
and test new things and see what works for us and what doesn't work for us. But don't bring shiny object syndrome into your products and services. Like make a commercial decision about what you want to have, why you want to have it, who you want to serve and what that product and service does. And then like get creative when it comes to your marketing and how you're putting yourself out there and the ways that you're connecting with your audience. So I think it's about redirecting that need for the new energy and the excitement and the new thing into that rather than like new products and services all the time, because I think that'll get you into a lot of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) And also I think having a strategy and having, being able to, as you said, measure uh, the results. So there's no point in a lot of people get caught up in, oh, this thing, this new thing is going to solve all my problems and it's going to find me a whole new audience and all the rest of it. But then they fail to measure it or they fail to actually have a strategy behind it, which is where I think a lot of them, as you said, go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that it's, you know, so I'll give you an example. So I went on Clubhouse, absolutely loved it. I'm a speaker. I can obviously talk underwater. And uh, and so it was great for me. It really lent to my strengths. But what I found is that I had to be on there for a really long time in order to get the traction that I wanted. And so I did get a couple of clients from it. But when I looked at the amount of time I, it was required for me to get that traction, I made the decision that it wasn't worth it. And so people who are on there, on there for hours and hours, like I'm talking like days, like they're on there for a really long time. Uh, and yes, they're having success, but at what cost? It's the cost of time. And so, you know, so I think it's great to try things and see whether it works or not, but I think you've just got to be able to assess whether it works for your business long-term and what the cost is as opposed to the rewards. Yes, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that was what scared me off Clubhouse because I thought, oh, I just don't have the time yeah. to actually put one more lot of social media um, in there. But I think it's it's an amazing – if you've got a, you know, a lot of – or everyone doing everything for you and you've got plenty of time, uh, that's a totally different – a totally different story. Now, talking about having a look at where you spend your time and uh, and your energy as well, have you got any techniques that you like to use, uh, you know, how to analyse your week and where to actually spend your time? Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because I'm more proactive rather than reactive. And so what I mean by that is my calendar looks like uh, like I block it all out. So for example, Monday mornings, I block out CEO mornings. I've got my coaching calls blocked out for the week. Finance is a Thursday morning. Content is Wednesday and then team meetings. And so I plan my week out. I'm like, where, what am I spending my time on this week? And what do I just need to be aware of? And I finish my work day at two o'clock every day. Uh, And so that's blocked out in my calendar as well. So I really, I run my diary. I don't let my diary run me. And so I think that when it comes to techniques around looking at where you're spending your time, if you're somebody that's doing a lot of client work, then you could use something like toggle or just tracking. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that you do that anyway, but I think it is going back and analyzing like, you know, what is taking me a lot of time is like, is it? 
Is there a reason why it's taking me that much time? Is there a better way I can do this? Can I streamline it? If it does take a lot of time, can I outsource some of it? And so I think that when you've got a really clear understanding of where you're spending your time, then you can make really strategic decisions about what you need to do. And it's it's kind of that thing of, do I keep it? Do I cull it? Or do I outsource it? Uh, and so I think that if, once again, you can be in that mindset of streamlining all the time, then I think that that's really important as well. And I think for me, you know, I've kind of hired once again for where I'm not strong. So I don't have full-time staff, but I've got a lot of different contractors that I work with around design, copywriting. I've got an online business manager. I've got somebody I bring in for Facebook ads. We're about to start working with a digital agency in Queensland to do ads and things like that. So I think it's about just really looking at what do I want my business to do? Where am I spending my time? What can I do? And what do I also need to outsource? Yeah. And I think that's a very important way of looking at things in terms of, uh, and I've, I've learned that the hard way of doing everything myself for at the very beginning. And then you just go, okay, this is not sustainable. And I've got to say, I've got, um, someone who works with me who does um oh she's only part-time but well four days a week uh so nearly full-time but the amount of work that she does and I look at it and just go wow I used to actually do all that plus all the people that you know do work for me in terms of outsourcing graphic design even podcast editing uh all of those the website all of those things all get outsourced and honestly it's so much better one for my mental health uh (laughs) but actually I found so much more profitable actually bringing in the right people for doing all of those jobs, um, which lets me concentrate on the things that I do best, which is the same as as what you do too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. You've got to hire people that do things better than you, not just because it'll take you so much more time to actually do that, but it just means you're not working in your zone of genius. It means that you know, you're then taking on so much more work than what you really need to. And I have to say that when I started my business, the very first, like really quickly, I hired a VA and I think she used to do like four or five, like four hours a week for me or something like that. So I think a lot of times people hire or outsource far too late. They're like waiting for something to happen or to get to a certain point in their business. And I just think the sooner that you can start to outsource and get people to do things for you who do it better than you, the more that you can focus on growing your business, doing revenue generating activities, like doing the stuff that you love and your business will just, it'll, you know, you'll move faster if you do that as well. Yeah. And also I find the learning side of things. So actually finding either the people or finding the courses or the programs that will help build your business because I find so many people just go, oh, look, I know how to do – I do Facebook at night um, at home in my personal life, so I know how to do it for my business, Uh, which which just isn't the case. And there's – you know, as we both know, building a brand is so much more than than just a bit of social media and sending out sending out a few emails on a website. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just a bit more, yeah. just just a little bit. Um, now, look, what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the way in your business journey? 
as in courses and programs or um, anything really or courses tools, programs tech tools I or? think probably more your tools your everyday or if there's programs that yeah. stand out to you but I think probably more I, I'm a queen of tools I of <laughs> of tech tools I have <laughs> yeah. so many it's not funny yeah. but I also get rid of the ones that don't work that well yeah yeah I feel like I've got my staples now so for me I use Outlook. I use Kajabi for all my programs. I use Asana for all of our project work um, and managing the team and all of the tasks, things like that. Uh, I use StreamYard for my Facebook Lives uh, as well. And then we, we've been using Airtable quite a bit as well uh, for managing like applications to the mastermind and things like that. Uh, and also starting to track all of our social media conversations. So my social media person takes a lot of the conversations that we're having in the DMs on Instagram and we put that into Airtable so that we can track when we're having sales conversations with people, obviously because you can't do that within the app itself. Mm. Uh, and so those are just some of the tools that I, I'm using pretty much on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I use Active Campaign as well and Zero for all my finances. But I'd say those are my main ones. Yeah, I think they're exactly the same as what I use, except I'm not using Airtable at the moment. But I have just started um, or just getting into the process of setting up Sweet Dash, which is a um, okay. that's a client portal. Um, so that's for the client side of things, and yeah. um, it's it looks like it's going to be really good, and we're going to be testing that next week, which will be exciting. But all of those things Great. and toggle. I use as well, which you yeah. mentioned before. Um, yeah, my VA uses that. Um, I don't use it myself, but yeah, oh, it's always it's always good because there's so many, there's so much technology out there that yeah, um, you know, that can help us. But then there's so much that can waste our times. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and I think like you were saying before, you know, I'm once again, I know how much everything costs me every month if I want a subscription. And I'm always looking at like my zero to see, you know, what all of our expenses were every month and making sure that I don't have any sneaky little like costs that I am not aware of or that I'm like, oh gosh, I really need to get rid of that. Like we're not really using it anymore and stuff like that. So, um, you know, even, even I was using a platform recently that I was paying for and I was like, oh, I don't really get, I didn't, I'm not really getting what I thought I'd get out of it. And so I went to cancel it and then I realized that they had a free plan uh, for like a lesser, you know, I was kind of going for a higher, what I thought would be a higher conversion or I'd get more activity out of it. Yep. But I thought, oh, well, I'll just keep it because it means that I can get 10 messages instead of the 30 messages I was paying for kind of thing. So I think it's just being, you know, really looking at what can I get for free? What can I get at a low cost? What do I need? What do I not need? But being on top of that on a regular basis, because I think you can have a lot of sneaky costs in your business that you're not aware of until maybe you get to the end of the year and you're like, what was that? (laughs) That I totally forgot I signed up for, you know, 12 months ago. Yeah, I think that's a good thing in Australia about having to do your bass every quarter is to actually even, you know, nothing can slip through then if you actually go through all line by line and you go, oh, okay, that, yeah, don't think we need that one anymore. But um, (laughs) now, Suze, 
what does the future hold for you? Have you got anything, anything big coming up or um, new programs or programs opening or anything? Yeah, so we're, uh, so Amplify, which is my mastermind, uh, we are in that at the moment. And, you know, if anybody's interested, they can head over to the website and check that out. Uh, we do take enrollments on a, you know, every, every other month sort of thing. Uh, so I don't kind of open it and close it for a 12 month period. And so that's really for anybody that wants to learn how to monetize their personal brand, but with a group coaching program kind of at the, at the center of that, as well as learning to become a paid speaker, uh, and learning how they can really take a look at different revenue streams with what they've got as well. So kind of doing more with less is what we're, we're teaching our clients in there. Yep. That's very important because we all want to, we all want to work less, but make more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I kind of feel like the way that I've built my business really allows me to do that, uh, and has the ease and the profitability and the financial reward as well as being able to have that impact. Uh, and so I think it's a hundred percent possible. I think you've just got to, structure your business in a way that that works like that and can grow like that as well. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So, look, Suze, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Is there anything else that uh, that you want to share with the audience? Uh, no, I think that that's it. You know, if you want to come and say hi to me on Instagram, you can find me on there at Suze Chadwick and I'm on all socials at Suze Chadwick as well. So feel free to say hi and uh, and let me know a little bit about you. But no, apart from that, I think that's it. Oh, good. And um, we will uh, put all of the links to everything we've spoken about actually um, in the show notes as well on the Simply Startup Marketing uh, website. So thank you so much for joining us and hopefully I'd love to chat with you again soon. Thank you so much, Nikki. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sue. Thanks for listening to the Simply Standout Marketing Podcast. Head over to simplystandoutmarketing.com for the show notes, downloads, and even more great stuff to help you grow your business with marketing made simple.